A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass. I'm your host, Sam, from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. And I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. Yes, you are. Uh, each week we get together, we talk about cars, motorsport, F1, car, what else? Cars? Cars. We cars, cars, cars. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. You can watch us on youtube.com forward slash Behind the Glass. Don't forget to subscribe and turn on notifications. And Tony, if people want to support this podcast, what should they do? Watch it. No. <laughs> But also head to Patreon. You can support us on patreon.com forward slash behind the glass. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the episode. It's another beautiful sunny day. It is, yeah. It's becoming a theme. You've got your top off. (laughs) Well, I'm wearing a t-shirt in the studio. I think this is the first time ever. Really? I've been so undressed inside the studio. Well, don't take any more layers off. No, no. (laughs) That's a whole different podcast, Tony. It's not just any t-shirt I'm wearing. Yeah, I know. It's one of the Patreon t-shirts. A new version coming soon, but those of you that have been patrons for a while uh, and have, you know, opted for the level that get you a t-shirt this is what you will be having in your cupboard somewhere i think yeah i've got one of them and so i thought i'd be on brand today just to be like hey well next time can you warm me and i'll wear one well you're still wearing a jumper so clearly not as warm as i am yeah but because the top underneath is like not really that warm it's at not all. a balenciaga top no <laughs> <laughs> you're really showing off last week uh, what's been going on mate how have you been all right mate yeah, Did you yeah. have a busy weekend uh, yeah, yeah, I worked all weekend. Took Sunday off to watch the Grand Prix? Or took a part of Sunday off to watch the Grand Prix? Took a part of Sunday off to watch the Grand Prix. Loved it. It's I know great. you've done a podcast about it. Of but, course. Uh, Hamilton Hero, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I basically brought it up to plug my own podcast. Or, or another series on this podcast. If you don't know, uh, now in addition to the chats that Tony and I do, I'm also doing an F1 series, which basically reacts to Grand Prix as they happen throughout the year. I've now done two back-to-back with Paul Wallace, which, you know, wasn't through choice. <laughs> no one else would come on. <laughs> They're literally that. Everyone else is too busy, but he's constantly free. So yeah, if you're interested in Formula One or you want to become interested in Formula One, you can go and check those out. Uh, but of course, as usual, we are here every week to just chat about all things car related, I mm. suppose. Yeah. Now we do have a little bit of exciting news, which I'm just going to tease now. I'm going to tease. I don't want to reveal too much. I'm going to tease to the best audience on do, social media. Do I know about this? Well, you, you do. Oh, okay, fine. Because... Road trip season is coming. Yeah. Uh, there is a little bit of a downer, though. Oh. I don't know if you, even if you know about this. What's that? That I, I think the government are going to stop international travel till September or October. I don't care. That, we're not going away? I mean, I do care. Like, oh. like you know, but, but, but I'm over it because yeah, I've too. accepted that for a long time. Yeah. Here in the UK, it's unlikely we're going to be able to do travel for fun for quite a while. Yeah. I, I can, I think within reason travel for work what I don't think I'm going to be doing is for example just going on a road trip around Europe but for example Alfa Romero already called me up and invited me to an event in Italy unfortunately before restrictions are eased internationally but things like that 
I think I will judge on a case by case occasion. Will you have uh, to quarantine when you come home? Probably. I have to do checks and quarantines Fair. and things yeah, like that. Yeah, but yeah. but that is a permissible work thing. But but yeah, the big jolly road trips were going for three weeks around Europe. I just don't think are happening this no, year. No, 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 no. But no. who cares? Because we live in a country full of roads. Beautiful roads as Beautiful well. Beautiful roads. Yeah. England, Scotland, Wales, even Northern Ireland. Hello. Yeah, we've been there, mate. We went to mm. Island Island. Don't confuse oh, those two. Sorry. We, we, we keep dabbling with politics on this podcast. It's not a good idea. When's Boris coming on? When is Boris coming on? I don't know. Boris um, coming on, though. Yeah, no, we're going to check it out now. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so so essentially, uh, that's all I'm going to say for now. But but do not fear, those of you that have been going, oh, all I want is some road trip content from YouTubers again, or maybe from Seeing Through Glass. It is coming. Uh, and it's where I feel happiest. Yeah. You know, don't get me wrong, I've, I've made some cool videos this so far this year, but it's definitely not been the kind of content that I really enjoy making or want to be making. For sure. And I've had to scale back. I'm only on one video a week at the moment on the mm. main channel. It's been quite nice, actually. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to complain that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's all going to start ramping up. I think April 12th is when a lot changes here in the UK in terms of restrictions. We've had some restrictions changed today. Yeah, I reopen on uh, April the 12th. Well, there we go. So yeah, yeah. so stay tuned. That's all going to say for now. And also... Big announcement coming for me, Seen Through Glass, this Sunday. For those of you listening, 4th of April, Easter Sunday. Do I know about that? I don't think you do, actually. Maybe you do, but you... Well, anyway, big announcement. Exciting. Good. Different, quirky. Not a new car. No. Not a new car. Although, maybe... Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's been a weird one, because apart from an amazing Formula One race, not a lot has happened in the last week. I mean, there's very little, really, to any car news. Mm. There hasn't... I mean, there's been a little bit of other motorsport, but nothing to write home about. Essentially, I wasn't really sure what we were going to talk about today. Okay. But that's where the patrons have been amazing and and continue to be amazing, because I basically told them, I said, look, guys, I don't know what we're going to talk about today, so let me know what you want us to talk about. And they've submitted a load of suggestions for topics. All right. I haven't actually looked at these yet. Oh. So this could be an absolute disaster. That'd be fun. But I know I know the patrons are clever people. Yeah. And they're cleverer interested than us. in Yeah, clever than, <laughs> most of the time. Yeah. So here we go. And you know, fingers crossed we get a full episode out of this. If not, we'll think again. So kicking this off, David Brady, this is a bit of a one-sided question in this sense, has asked me what the best car launch day I've ever been on. Have you ever been, Tony, before I launch in, have you ever been to like you know, manufacture event because, of course, Ferrari, Porsche, Lamborghini—they host customer events. Mm. Have you ever been to one of those track days or away days or anything like that? Been, um, been, on, been to Ferrari ones, been to Porsche ones. Saw the seven twenty S when it come out. Um, yeah, BMW, some BMW ones. You spent a day with McLaren, didn't you, at Festival Speed one year? Spent, when we were... uh, yeah, a couple of days couple with of McLaren days. and Ferrari and Lamborghini as well. So um, yeah. Within that, who who did you in, like those customer experiences, VIP customer experiences? Who did it best? Ferrari. <laughs> well, am I not surprised? Then, then closely followed by Porsche. Mm. Lamborghini was good actually. What makes them? Well, like what what is it like? So, for anyone that doesn't know, who maybe is not a VIP Ferrari customer like yourself, what do you get? How do you get invited? Do you have to pay? What do you, what 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 is the event? Uh, no, see, so I've never paid. I don't know. I've never. I don't know whether they do charge, but I've never had to pay. Um, I went to a few years ago. I went to Silverstone Grand Prix with Ferrari. That was very good. Up, up, up in, in the, the paddock bar. club. Yeah, that was re- that was one of the best events I've ever been to from a manufacturer. That was very good, really very good. Um, just everything, mate. The food, the service. It's what you, it's like a five star or six star hotel experience or proper restaurant. It's that sort of thing. So it's what you'd expect from a a proper 
brand essentially. You were you've never done one of those because because again Ferrari, Porsche, Lamborghini especially they charge big money for those sort of tours. So I know Lamborghini for example. I did an experience as a as a media yeah. a, a customer experience where you can go and spend three days in an amazing hotel and a concierge sets up your lunch and your dinners and they give you a car, but it costs. Eight, ten, twelve thousand euros. You never done one of those. So I done a Lamborghini tour um, when I had my purple Manti. Okay, uh, it was about five or six thousand quid. Um, it was good. Um, hotels were good. To be honest, the organize the organization was good, but we us group of friends who we all went with. We all go away and do it ourselves now. We do it just as good. So and we save ourselves some money. Um, but yeah, the the it was good. It, it was, was very good. good. Yeah, 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 yeah. The press events are, are interesting and, and weird because I think you know back in the day, well before social media creators started getting invited to press events, you know they were lavish affairs. You know you hear lots of stories of the old school journalists. You know really going on private jets and seven star hotels and slap yeah. up dinners and ski trips. It's all been reined in a little more as, you know, budgets have become more restrained and also the world's become a different place. Um, but of course, there's still a lot of incredible events. And look, the PR, a world I used to live in, a lot of it is all about rubbing each other's backs. You know, you journalists are helping you out and you're helping journalists out. Uh, and I think, you know, a lot of the, the <laughs> Meghan Markle, here we go, politics again, uh, the Meghan Markle drama has been around the fact that, you know, companies, institutions, you know, push stories to help themselves. You know, they for trade benefit. for their benefits. Yeah, so yeah. It's the way of PR. So, of course, a manufacturer is going to do as much as they can to impress you, make you have an amazing time, so that hopefully you have a good experience and write nice things about the car. Of course. That's the aim. But there's never a, a sort of, you know, you have to say nice things. There's never, usually, at least in my case, I've never been paid to go on a press trip. Um, but they do really try as much as they can to impress you. Mm. So, let me think. Of, weirdly, Ferrari, one of the worst. Really? Yeah, really one of the worst. I mean, I guess the point being, the car... Is the, is all that needs to matter? Mm. So you know they're a bit like this is why you're coming here. From a, this is from a press point of press view. point of view. Right, There's literally so now right, I'm talking. Okay. So David's question: best car launch day you ever okay, been fine. on? Um, so yeah, Ferrari on the west because it's you know they've. There's never an ama- that many amazing hotels around Maranello. Yeah. Um, and the roads in Italy are not always fantastic. No. Um, and it's always around the factory. They never take you that f- much further. Um, and yeah, it's just really about. The car. Yeah, of course. So still an amazing experience because you're driving a Ferrari in Italy. Yeah, yeah. But it's, you know, not mind-blowing. Some of the best ones I've been on. Uh, Audi A7 in South Africa. Yeah. They've been me business class. I asked to go out a couple of days early because I'd never been to Cape Town before. They agreed. I had to pay for my hotel for those two days. Yeah, yeah. Then they put me up in one. We went on a tour around the wine region, but we could make up the things. So I went to see penguins and stuff like that. Just, just a yeah, 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 really fair. cool event. Yeah, yeah. Jaguar for the E-Pace took us to Corsica. Corsica, I think. Uh, just again, unbelievable off-road, on-road, upside down, amazing hotels, amazing stop-offs. Um, so those two, really, really impressive. Rolls-Royce, as you would imagine, every time Rolls-Royce. Bentley. Bentley, what have I done with Bentley? Uh, yes, I did quite a nice, I did a skiing event with Bentley. It was quite nice. Mm. Um, they are always amazing. They are always great things to attend, but actually really bad things to attend from my point of view, from, from a content point of view, because usually they're doing 100, 150 media over a certain number of days. So they pick a road route and they pick an itinerary and every single journalist or media going does the exact same thing. Of course. So making unique content and having the opportunity to make unique content, quite difficult. Yeah. Because you're following a sort of set routine. So I actually prefer being a bit more creative with manufacturers, borrowing cars and coming up with cool Uh, ideas. 
But it's hard to turn down, you know, business class flights to LA to drive an RS6 across California. You know, yeah, it's yeah, the yeah, stuff yeah. like that's pretty hard to turn down. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, what's the best one I've ever done? I would probably have to say the Rolls-Royce Phantom in Switzerland was, was pretty amazing. Um, so yeah, cool experiences. I think the thing that dumbed me about that Lamborghini trip as well is that because you're in Italy and you're with an Italian company, like you stop like every hour, mate, for, for, to eat. Yeah, like, non-stop honestly, eating. Mate, a non-stop eating. What was that that thing we done uh, a couple of years ago when we done the, not the million Best million, of Italy. The best of Italy. Yeah. Mate, you're just eating all the time. So non-stop. that was quite a cool trip, actually. Best it? of Italy is one of my favourites. Yeah. They've changed their events slightly now, I think. It's Have not they? the exact same, but yeah. that was the, those first few years of Best of Italy, yeah. super, super yeah. cool event. Um, okay, so moving on. Quite a handful of patrons asked similar kind of questions. I guess it's quite an important Topic, which we have spoken about a lot, um, but Joe Perik, I'm guessing you know, uh, Alex, etc., um, talking about the change of into electric cars. Yeah. Uh, most manufacturers now are pushing towards electric. What does this mean? What does this mean for the brands that we love, etc., etc.? Now, I actually, the more and more I speak to companies, whether it's leasing companies, financing companies, insurance companies, companies outside of actual manufacturers, mm-hmm. It's all about electric. Yeah. Any activations they want to do, any promotion they want to do, it's all around electric cars. Yeah. There's a lot of hype around electric. Let's do something with electric. And it's so interesting because, of course, we sit here as petroheads. Yeah. As, you know, combustion engine enthusiasts. Well, I do. <laughs> I'm obviously the biggest EV <laughs> fan in the world. So we always want to, we always are a bit nervous around yeah. electric vehicles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think maybe to the outside world, there's a lot of excitement. I have a friend who's not into cars at all, has owned a 15-year-old Golf that's just awful for years, but now is looking at leasing an EV. But I think that's the biggest excitement. The people that are not really into their cars, they're going to get into these really cool electric cars. I think for for petrol heads, you know when anyone ever asks me, they say to me, Tony, when are you going to buy an electric car? Or when should I buy an electric Mm -hmm. car? And, And I'm thinking about buying a new car. Should it be electric or... Uh, you know, should it be my last Tarara and then buy my last petrol car and the next one? And I, I just say to everyone, and I'm going to do the same, I'm going to buy an electric car when I've got to. When you have no choice. When I've got no choice. Would because you not, I'm a petrol head. Would you buy one just as a commute back and forth to the showroom? It's... My, my day is different every day. Yeah. I do, I'm not like a normal person where I just do a commute every day. Uh, you know, I do 50,000 miles a year. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that's why we've always got company vans or cars because I drive to work, then I'll do two, 300 miles a day. So the new van we've got, it's two and a half weeks old, it's done 3,000 miles already. So is electric the cars thing? no good for me. Yeah, I think... The appeal I see is that commute. So the best use of any EV in my life has been when we had that Twizzy from Renault. Fair. And Vicky was going to work. She was working in Soho and we were living uh, southeast by uh, by um, Greenwich. Yeah, yeah. And she would use the Twizzy to commute Perfect. a lot, you know, and that was fantastic. Or I would take her in and drop her off. No congestion charge, no parking in Central. Super easy. It, it made complete sense. Charge it overnight, yep. bish, bash, bosh. Yep. And I could go and I could drop her off. I could leave the Twizzy in Central, walk around. Anyway, really, really good. And I think... If you've got that regular commute and your distances are short, I'm actually, that's where I'm a fan. Mini electric, Taycan, obviously. You know, these little small EVs to move around on your daily commute, are mm. great. But you're right. The minute you're 
day is complex or you're not sure about your journeys or you're doing lots of miles, of course, that's still a question mark. But a question that a lot of people are asking, so uh, Kieran, for example, what are your thoughts on mainstream brands stopping development of internal combustion engines? I think we have spoken about it a lot before. Unfortunately, it's the way of the world. Yeah. Um, and I know BP, I mean, that Shell I filmed in recently had, it's one, it's one of the first hydrogen refueling shells. BP have announced they're doing a lot of hydrogen stuff. You know, there's a lot of stuff coming, but at the moment, all the sort of pressure for manufacturers is to build EVs. That's the agenda, is EVs, EVs, EVs. So they're going to do it. Like, And you can't really blame them. What can we do? Who are we to sit here and go, mm. Jaguar, you've just ruined yourself by going EV. Maybe it's genius for them. Yeah. You know, the you know, like insurance companies and, and fuel stations and all these other brands, not the manufacturer, they're all jumping on EV. It's because for the time being, it's like that's the trend. Mm-hmm. That That's where we're all going. But as we've said before... I don't think this is the end game. I think they, you know, all these, all these, these companies that rely on the on the motor industry, apart from the manufacturers, they just have to follow suit. Of course, they might not want to, but they've got to. So, um, but uh, like me and you always say, we don't think this is the end. This isn't the end. It's so. not the sim- the final solution. It's not everything's going to go EV. Yeah. So you know, it's the it's for the time being, and and you know, I. I am embracing it a lot more than than Tony is, uh, as we've spoken about before. You know, I'm fully open to EVs, even Formula E, even though that is going through a tough time. Um, You know, and I think the advancements are huge year on year. We're seeing big leaps forward now um, with what these cars are able to do, what they look like, how they sound, how they are to drive. And I think that's exciting new tech Mm. because a lot of the internal combustion engine cars are actually becoming a little bit dull, you know, a little bit bland. And so EV is something new and something different and something, you know, different to try. Yeah. You know what makes me laugh, though? A friend of mine got a Taycan Turbo S. And I spoke to him the other day and I said to him, uh, how are you getting on Because when he bought this, I'm going to yeah. drive it to work every day. It's free. Yeah. I'm half an hour from work, back and forth. How are you getting on Taycan? Oh, I've only done 2,000 miles in it. <laughs> oh, okay. So do you go to work in it? No, no, no. Uh, uh, I drive a Golf to work. I drive a GTI. But is that not one of the reasons why you bought it? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, but you know, you know, it's just easy just to get in the golf. Like, so, so, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, no, like, it's one of those weird things, yeah, isn't it? I mean, you know, you've really got a plan to drive an electric car. You know, really, you've really got to think. You know, in a in a, you, a lot of people have got busy lives and they've got enough to think about to think about where you got to charge your car and when you charge it and what if you get to put it on charge at night and then you do it at work or you can't get to work because it's not been charged with a petrol car that completely eradicates it because there's a little light on the dash that when your fuel gets low, fill up. you fill up. But the thing is, as I said, I, th- I think it depends how you come about it. And, and for sure, as a non-car person, I think EVs seem futuristic and cool and fun. And you think that the costs are going to be theoretically less, even though, as we know, they pretty much aren't. Um, the same. Yeah, literally. I saw somebody tweet the other day that it cost them £130 to charge up a big... Uh, Audi e-tron or something like that uh, at one of, at a service station yeah. it will yeah, yeah um so so you know but but if you can put your own infrastructure in place as I say if it's short distances you can charge at home every night you're just going back and forth to the office I totally get the appeal I, you know I, I understand it so yeah how do we feel about it I think we're still you know tentatively uh engaged with it Tony a lot less than me I'm but not even on the fence yet me no you're, as in you're, you're a bit on the fence yeah. but I'm like I've not even jumped up onto the fence yet. Okay. okay, let's move on. Dean came up with quite an interesting question, I thought. Dean Cook. Um, Dean, I'm going to be honest, you didn't phrase it that well, so I'm going to rephrase it for you. It's lucky but, I'm not reading but yeah, it. He's <laughs> essentially asking, 
if we keep claiming that these days the supercars are all too powerful, you know, 800 horsepower this, 900 horsepower that, and they're a bit bland and a bit too powerful, when was the sweet spot for supercars? When, when did supercars stop being supercars, if you see what I mean? Because this is where we might disagree, but there was definitely a moment where it slightly turned and the cars became a bit too good and a bit too quick. I'm going to point out, and this is just my starter for 10, that the Ferrari F12 was the first supercar that most people said was too powerful. Mm. Yeah. Uh, I'd have forgot, I was going to say 488. 488, so okay. That, it's that era. So, like we said before, when McLaren introduced himself into the market, it was around that time, I think, kind of 650S, Ferrari 488, 991.2 Turbo S, although that's, you know, in usable power still. All them 600-plus horsepower cars, but they're just too fast. And, Far too fast. And overly engineered or robot, robot, robots, gearboxes. Those silky smooth gearboxes. You know, we, we went through a stage, you know, obviously getting into early noughties supercars, but like, our oh, gearbox is so slow. You just have to look past it. Mm. Where now, new supercars, their gearboxes are so smooth. Mm. You barely feel a gear change. Yeah. And that can actually remove from the experience. It does, yeah. So now sometimes you want to chase down, uh, you know, Sport Shift 2 Vantage. I know you don't, Tony. Um, but, you know, just, just to have that kick in your back. I want to burn it down. Yeah. <laughs> so when would that sweet spot be? So I think it's it's easy to potentially say the the sort of late noughties, early 2010s. I never know what to call that era. I'm going to say 10s. like 14, 2014-ish. Like, you know, when the F12 come out, when the when the 488 was about to come out, 650S. See, I think maybe that's already a little bit too far. Really? Yeah, I think the 458... You think that was too fast? Mm, maybe the 458 was peak supercar, actually. Maybe. Yeah, yeah I'd agree. I think the 458, and then I think after that, it, it started to get a bit... Like, Speciale, I think, still today, I know you obviously sold yours. Dickhead. Uh, well, 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 I wasn't a dickhead, because I'd have lost another 60 grand. No, so. fine. Okay, financially. Clever! <laughs> <laughs> but as a thi- I think that could eventually be looked back on as, as really the last great... It wasn't even analog, but do you know what I mean? Like it will represent a different era, and maybe the ultimate supercar era. I did, I did think that, mate, but I'm not so sure. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Anymore. Because all these other cars, they're all so good now and everyone always searches for perfection. And as we've said before, even a regular 488 is miles better than a Speciali as a car. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, you know, the way that these turbos are built now, there's no lag. They they behave, not so much McLaren, but most of the turbocharged cars now, the modern ones, the BMW, the Merc, the Ferraris, they all behave like natural aspirated cars. The turbos are in the V. They have a, you know, a, 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 a peak of torque through the power band. So it behaves like a natural aspirated car. They're all miles better. The Speciali, as much as I loved it, it used to annoy me, um, always up in the revs, barking at me. I don't think... It, it is a nice noise, but it can be annoying as well. It just It's like a barking noise. Um, I don't think it sounds like as good as a Scud or a 360. So... I'm not so sure. I did used to think like you, but I'm honestly not so sure now. Well, yeah, I think this is the flip side of it, isn't it? Because, like, for example, my experience in the F8 Spider at the end of last year was kind of a bit of an eye-opening one for me because, you know, the first half of a day or the, or the first few hours spent with it cruising around, I was like, oh, Ferrari have done what everyone else has done. It's too soft, mm. it's too cumbersome. Like, it's not a Ferrari anymore. Turn up to race, and I was like, "Oh my god, my hair's on fire!" Yeah, oh wait, I don't have any. Um, but you know, that kind but of experience. Where, <laughs> I, did, I did before I turned up to race. Oh, <laughs> uh, these cars now are so complete yeah. and so good. And yes, they might have too much power, and yes, they might be over-engineered, but actually, they are just better fundamentally. Are they as enjoyable? That's where you got to come down to your own personal taste. But they are better. So, saying what was the sweet spot of supercars? it kind of does depend on what you want from a supercar. Mm. What are you trying? What's the experience you want? Do you want a supercar you can use every day on every occasion and beat almost everything else on the road? Then an F8, a 720S, a 992 Turbo S, there you go, you got it. Mm. Are they, do they have as much character, as much emotion, as much of a visceral experience as some of their predecessors? Potentially not. There's a reason for that. Though. But there's a reason for that. And I know the reason for that is that all them cars you've just mentioned, they're three cars in one. Mm-hmm. Whereas a, an older car is one car in one. It does one thing really well. And that's, uh, you know, for a blast down the road, it does that. But all these modern stuff, you can have them in comfort. You can drive at 70 mile an hour on the motorway and not hear a thing. You can't even hear a bird tweet. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah of course. Like they literally, like, like we always say, like, one of the best cars is the BMW M5 competition because it is four cars in one. Eight cars in one, that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, that, but that's the reason why yeah. you can't you can't have everything, you know? But but the manufacturers are trying to build something where you can have everything. Of course. So I think no, but you're you're so right. It's that case of, you know, I think fundamentally the best supercars will always be the latest ones. Of the, course. The, the best supercars. So, yeah, it depends on your generation, what you desire. I mean, you know, I could sit here and hark on about the benefits of a Ferrari 360, but lots of people, like Tony, will think that it's a load of crap. So I don't think we can say there's a sweet mm. spot of supercar. 
And most people buy supercars as well. I mean, there are some idiots that just buy them out of their comfort zone and buy them just for the sake of it. But most people buy supercars to what they can afford. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you'll buy a 360 because you're comfortable in buying a 360. But if you had endless money, would you have a 360? I'd buy a pista. Correct. That's what I'm saying. So you would buy the latest and greatest, but you're not silly and you don't ram yourself in finance just to have the latest car. You're comfortable in that car. That's the car you like. You're right. Fair play. Yeah. So everyone, and and right across the food food chain, quite a lot of people buy cars and they, they accept that they like them cars because that's their budget. So, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with a Pista, that's the one you're going to have because that's the latest and greatest car. So, you know, it is what it is. What I like there is all the examples we gave were Ferraris. So, <laughs> <laughs> staying true to who we are. Uh, let's move on. Uh, Nadim Rahim. Uh, question that maybe Tony, you'll be better off to answer. Uh, best, well, he's actually said used cars under 35K. <sighs> That's a tricky one, isn't it? Because he said there were some got. absolute crackers. Yeah, <laughs> Could list about 30,000. Well, let's let's go for like 30 to 35K. Not Don't give me something which is 15 grand. If you're kind of looking to spend 35... Sports car. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, I guess. Well, what else is in there that's like... You can get RS6 for 35 grand? No, not quite. Fine. So, yeah. Get RS4, I'll check one. Sporty car. Uh, M3, M4, M2. You you get a ropey M2 comp, but an M2. Um, 4C? If you're lucky, you'll get an Alfa Julia Quadrifoglio. Really? Bit, bit, 35 grand, bit of miles on it, but you would get one, I would have thought, with Ooh. some miles. That's a good car. Mate, there's so many. Range Rover Sport, although they will break. All the SUVs, that you know, SQ5's a good car. They're 35 grand, the world's your oyster, Honestly, really. just F-type go on my website. <laughs> go on your, <laughs> yeah. What have you got in at the minute? Go on, I'll give you a little second there. Uh, what have you got? What's fancy? You got a Julia in at the minute, haven't you? Uh, yeah, uh, mate. I haven't really got a lot of cars in. Mm. Uh, 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 an early F Type. That's a good car. You've still got the V8 one. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so but they're a bit slow burners, like I said. No, they, I remember you, know, you saying before, but yeah, it's a lovely, be, lovely car. Yeah, yeah. Um, Something else you had in that I saw the other day. There's so many. Yeah. If we go hot hatches, obviously RS3, A35s. Uh, you'd, like, honestly, at that price, if you know, most of them cars would have been over fifty grand new. They're a f- couple, two or three years old. Oh, you've got a really nice RS4 in. 52 grand. Yeah, it's a bit, That's a bit super over. nice. Yeah. What a nice spec. Oh, sorry, I just literally... Oh, how's the S3? We spoke about that last week. How is well, you it? You was going to come and have a go. I was going to go. I ran out of time. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah. It's it nice. you'd expect. Yeah, you really yeah. like it? Yeah, like I said, like modern cars, they're a little bit boring, aren't they, modern yeah. cars? But that we've just spoke about that. They're three cars in one. But, mate, honestly, like you don't need any more power. 300 horsepower. It's got all the tech you need. Everything you'd want. Everything you need. It's got a lovely stereo. Yeah. Got the virtual cockpit. Spacious or, or... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah perfect. Yeah. Like big boot. Put put a pram in it and loads of golf clubs or whatever you want. What's How much of the old shape RS3? Um, so you'll get like a 2017 car for mid-30s. Mid-30s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, they, interesting one. So many. I think that yeah, I think that new car's nice. Yeah, there you go. You've got an M3 up for twenty seven and a half. Oh, there's an A forty five twenty six nine nine zero. The old shape. That's a car. Last of last of that shape. Yeah. Oh, as you say, I mean, then you've got Golf R's. I mean, it's non stop, isn't it? Oh, yeah, like you honestly, mate, you're world your oyster at that money. 
MX5. That's a nice car you got in. So I'm, just, I'm literally looking at your stock going, oh, it's lovely. <laughs> oh, is that a Fiesta? No, that's not the 200 edition, is it? No, no. I've just sold that car. Oh, okay. I need to die. So I got distracted. <laughs> <laughs> Shopping around Tony's stock. Um, okay, so let's move on. Um, Max Millam, I think we might have kind of answered this, but what about planning your dream road trip? Um, so perhaps you could do stages with different journeys and different cars, similar to the Top Gear dream road trip. You know, I, I want to go anywhere in any car if I'm at, at the minute, given the mm. year that we've all had. Uh, I honestly would. I even looked, we've been invited to a friend's wedding next year in France. <laughs> I looked at taking a, like a van, like a, like a camper van. Yeah, yeah, fair. Because I was like, why not? I've never done yeah. a camper van trip, but like a cool, you know, made out of a transit type one. I can give you some suggestions. So uh, uh, if you're going to Europe and you want endless roads, go to the French Alps because you cannot go wrong in the French Alps. Obviously, you know, you can pop into Switzerland and, and you can go Italy and Austria and that. Yep. But if you base yourself in the French Alps, most of the hotels, they're all, they're not that expensive and the food's lovely in them and, and you know, all the, the old... Um, the ski resorts, yep. them, them yeah, sort yeah, of yeah, hotels. Yeah. The roads are unreal. You're right. If you basically get down to Lyon and start in Lyon and look at a map and look at the Alps, just any road. I mean, the best yeah. thing to do, if you're planning a road trip, by the way, maybe this is what Max was trying to get at, uh, and you want to know where to go, so yeah, head down French Alps, good example, get Google Maps open, zoom in and find the non-main roads and use Street View. Just, yeah. just drop a human or the little man and look at Street View and just judge the road. And the best thing about a lot of the French roads is they are abandoned. Mm. And often, even if they are single track or, or very narrow, there's no way to get up or down. There's no entry point. Mm. So once you're on that road, as long as you wait at the bottom for half an hour, you know that there's no one, you know, uh, that's going to join that road. So, you know, you can really start to have some fun and enjoy yourself. But that's the best way to plan it. It's just use Google Maps, drop yeah. it in, and you're going to have a great time around there. There are tons and tons of roads. Yeah. Also leading into Geneva, there's lots of nice roads in the build up to there. Um, I actually would say avoid northern northern Italy. Me too. The roads are very, very bumpy there. Yeah. And you'll notice it immediately if you're in Switzerland or in uh, France and you cross over the roads in Northern Italy are very bad quality. Um, so if you're in, th- in any kind of car, it just immediately all the fun drops out of it. Yeah, are there, but uh, weirdly, in Italy, the police are very good in Italy in terms of for supercars. They don't they hate you in Switzerland. Oh, they, they be a pa- hate you in Switzerland? Yeah, they can be a pain in the arse in France. Switzerland's great for picturesque driving, yeah. not for fast driving. Because no. literally the, the punishments there are insane. But if you go, uh, if you go up, right in the Alps they do leave you alone up there for but sure their main roads like you've got to stick to the speed limits because they're going to take your car and find you 300 grand or whatever yeah yeah it's, like, it's ridiculous it's that the fines there I, I love Bavaria I love South Germany like all south of Munich uh, or, or west of Munich I'm, I love all around mm. there all around the Nürburgring some yeah. very good roads yeah. around the Nürburgring lovely um, the, black, uh, the Black Forest you've got around there the Black Forest yeah. absolutely incredible France Central France is an interesting one there are some good places to drive around central France um, there's a central region just west of Lyon which I'm going to forget its name that, that's got some very good roads as well um, and the thing is they are abandoned but it's it's a lot flatter Yeah. so you know it depends what kind of style of driving you want Spain northern Spain I've not done Spain and Portugal it's the only place in oh, Europe I haven't done Portugal has some fantastic Fantastic driving. I need to go over there. Northern Spain, southern Spain, I find less boring. And then, of course, the Pyrenees. Yeah. Unbelievable roads yeah. in the Pyrenees. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm in all of those areas. And then in the UK, well, hopefully we'll find out. Because, I mean, I, I've done a lot of driving in the UK, but not always like road trips. Mm. 
So that's 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 on our agenda, I think. Yeah. So uh, North Wales is very good. Of course. Um, obviously, Scotland in the Highlands is very good. We've done a lot in of that. In a hot hatch. In a, uh, yeah, don't... Yeah, Scotland, in a don't go in a low car in Scotland. Ruin, ruin, your, ruin yeah, your car. Just go in a hot hatch. Um, and um, uh, Cornwall and Devon. Very yeah, good. but very narrow lanes. Can be narrow, yeah. Um, and the moors, it's all right. Yeah. Um, that's all all right up there. Um, you have got... you If you go... You've got to go at the right time of year as well because the traffic there as well because people, it's all holiday destinations. Exactly. But, yeah. It's super busy. There's plenty. There's plenty to do. Right, moving on. Cotswold um, is very nice as well, by the way. Cotswold is the dream, but yeah. I, I don't want to tell people that because I don't want to get too busy. <laughs> <laughs> that's where I go. That's honestly where I go. Daniel Clifford, I'm not sure if we've touched on this before, but modifications on cars and how they increase or decrease value. Now, Tony, from your point of view, if a car comes in with mods, is that your worst nightmare? Or does sometimes you go, actually, I could sell this with an exhaust or with a wrap? So we as a dealer, Mm -hmm. uh, if someone offers me a car that's been modified, if it's got an exhaust, depending on what it is, we'll take it in or we'll, we'll... buy it as a bit of stock but when they start being tuned and stuff then we'll take them in part exchange but I won't resell them but that's for warranty reasons really so especially if a car's in manufacturer's warranty I, I, I just for me like we just not we just don't do tuned cars and speaking from my experience whilst I haven't heavily modified any of my cars it is much harder to sell a modified car you're always so. going to modify it to your own personal taste yep. no matter how good you think it is not everyone else is going to agree and, you know, it does put question marks on how those modifications have been done, the quality of the work, the warranty, and all these different elements. You are limiting your resale audience massively. Rare isn't always good. Remember I told you that? You did indeed. And I think even if you go out there and you buy one of these, you know, big companies like Brabus or, yeah. or ABT or whatever, they do these special editions, yeah. RS6R or the yeah, Brabus yeah. 800. That's not always a great idea as well. Like, no. you know, maybe you've got someone who's looking for that specific model. But again... I think you've got to go into the modification world assuming or at least keeping the parts so that you can put that car back to stock because or, go or you go in with it thinking it's going to cost me 20,000 quid to do this car and I've done my 20,000 quid because I'm never getting it back correct because from our point of view as a dealer certainly if you're part exchanging it it's not worth any more to us interesting so yeah, good point which you, I think Daniel was trying to ask actually yeah, yeah. so if, if, if someone comes in and says I've had 10,000 quid's worth of mods on my M4 comp First of all, I don't want it, and if I do, it's probably worth less than the standard car because who you know it's got to go out into the trade and yeah. and you know slims your market. It's it's worse, not better. So interesting one. I think potentially, and tell me if I'm wrong, the one car that could buck that trend, GTR. Uh, even for like we 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 won't have. Um, I mean, I have sold one yeah. or two, but in I've turned a lot down in general. I won't have a molested GTR. Wow. I'll only have a standard one. What a quirky word to use. Yeah. <laughs> molested. Yeah. Uh, fair enough. I kind of thought that they would be a bit more desirable, you know, a Litchfield tune or, you know, some one of these big, you know, yeah, I don't know. I just sort of thought. So it's the maybe. Litchfield ones that we have resold. Yeah. As in, um, yeah, any of the Respectable others. branded yeah. tuners and yeah, things yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Jason Glenn, are you getting so complex today with electronic etc. that buying a car without a warranty is probably just wait, waiting for a problem to happen? So yeah, so he's basically saying now cars are so complex and have such potential to go wrong electronically. Is buying them without a warranty? Well, that's that's 
This is a government thing, mate. So the government in general don't like cars to be on the road any any older than sort of 10 or 15 years old in general. So the technology in cars lasts about 10 or 15 years, oddly enough. And most cars, to be fair, as long as, apart from the expensive ones, when they get to 10 or 15 years old, they're not really worth a lot of money anymore. Yeah, good point. So, so there's a lifespan for them. And that, from what we've seen, the technology in most cars is okay. You know when a new car comes out and you go, look at all these computers and all this technology, you think, oh my God, what's that going to be like in 10 years, yeah. in 10 years' time? The, the car's finished by that point anyway. Yeah, good so, point. That's exactly it. Uh, you know, it's devalued you know, so much anyway. It's, correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Interestingly, for the 360, I got a warranty at the time, and it's been a complete godsend. That saved me mm. a, a ton of times um, from some big bills. And I think when Paul was buying his LP640, I was like, just get the best warranty you can. Because for some of those older cars, it just pays dividends. Yeah, and that does all depend on the warranty company as well, especially from an independent. And that's why Ferrari and Porsche are such good brands, because... They'll warrant their cars, mate, up to 13 years old or something. So if you bought a 13-year-old Porsche or Ferrari and it's got proper Ferrari and Porsche history all the way through, you can buy a warranty from them. I mean, it's unbelievable when you think about it. Ferrari, but Lamborghini, up until this models, the Evo and the Urus, they um they didn't back their warranty. You know, they, don't, you, they sell you a... After the car's four years old, they sell you like an RAC warranty. They won't even back their own car. <laughs> I, so, I'm just Googling it now because I know McLaren... Released the a, no, they released an insane warranty for the Artura. Because okay, I think because of this, so every new Artura will be covered by a point of purchase, five-year, 75,000-kilometer vehicle warranty. Yeah. And a six-year, 75,000-kilometer hybrid battery warranty. But that's what they should do, mate. Yeah. Because, oh, you know, you know. It, it comes with 20... It basically comes with 21 years of warranty. Yeah. Which is insane. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's like that's the battery though. That's the hybrid system though. Yeah, right? yeah. I'm just yeah. looking at it now. I mean, like you that's know, three year car. service plan, five year roadside assistance package. So it's a combined warranty of ten years and unlimited mileage. Yeah. So I mean, there's various packs, but as you say, I mean, it it should be how it is in, in today's world brands. and back their brands, yeah, back their products. Yeah, for sure. Julia have done that with the Alpha. You know, like, I didn't even know Alpha that. with the Julia. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Alfa Romeo offer a five-year warranty with that Julia now and five-year oh, service plans. That's good because that was the question at the beginning. It was the reliability of them. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Costello with a bit of a quirky question: favorite car snacks? Do you have a favorite car? Snack? Uh them um, boiled sweets. Oh yes, you do. You love a boiled sweet. Yeah, Haribo. No, no, that's not, not boiled. Oh no, so you like uh, <laughs> what are they called? Murray mints? Or? No, no, not Murray mints. You know the ones you have in the tin that your old granddad used to have. Oh yes, no, I do. With the one. sugar on the top. Yeah, yeah, they're, yeah, they're my yeah, favourites. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, or nuts. I like some. I like yeah, some nuts. nuts. Uh, for me, popcorn. Weirdly, <laughs> yeah. Watching but a no, film. hold on a second. <laughs> Prior to drive the world, I went to do a big thing with Porsche. Yeah. And they took me to a driver performance coach who's part of their endurance racing team stuff. Yeah. And they did a whole study and popcorn, fantastic for long drives. Really? Because it gives you loads of energy and it's emotional connection of like, I think wakes you up, like like makes you more alert. Sugary, than, yeah. Or well, no, no, but you have a salty one. Because if you have a sugary chocolate, you give you a spike and then you get a massive crash. Not like a road crash, but yeah. an energy crash. <laughs> Unless you're Paul Wallace. So yeah, <laughs> a like, massive crash. So I like popcorn. And then, of course, the I'm now obsessed with these wide food drinks. That, Are you really? Yeah, yeah. And Tenzing, actually, to be fair. Look at that. All our plugs for brands that don't pay me that much money. <laughs> uh, oh. So, uh, future collectibles. 
Oh, I mean... What, Cars? Yeah. Oh, no, that's an episode. That, that, is. that is an episode, Alex. We'll have to yeah. come back to you on that, because I think we need to do some research as well. Yeah. Um, What's this one? Let's click on this, because I've had a few people saying, oh, I like this question, so let's see what the question was. Um, whilst that's opening up. What are your favourite snacks? I've done that. Where was the like question? I can't find that. Sorry, Rob. Um, this is what happens when you... Uh, when you're organised, when you're organised, trying, <laughs> trying to find trying to find questions to answer really quickly. Uh, well, a lot of people asking about road trips. Luckily, we've um, covered we've covered, covered all that. Yeah. Uh, people asking about classic cars being converted to EVs. I think a clever idea. There are companies doing this. I mean, controversial for for real petrolheads, but but why not? I think is it there an Alpha GTA that's being ele- electrified? Is there? Is yeah, there? Uh, you know, I think I'm all for it. Why not? Like. Again, we've got to embrace this technology somehow and you're not going to get an emotional connection through the driving experience, so why not do it with the way the car looks, mm. I suppose. Um, Maybe these manufacturers will go back to building cars that look like they come from the 80s, if that's the trend. and then Well, remember, oh. remember Renault with that 5 Turbo, that new Renault 5 Turbo, uh, you know, EV yeah. throwback. I think, I think very, very cool. Yeah. Um, so we'll we'll end it today with Kieran's question. I feel like Kieran, we may have answered a few of your questions. Uh, most underrated cars, and I do think we've touched on this before. Mm. Um, we've said the NSX many, many times, mm. but I was just having to think about other cars. The Julia you've mentioned, yeah, it's up there as being underrated. A hundred, but it gets over. I've done a post the other day that gets overlooked so much. That car, it's such a good car, such a good car, yeah. but still gets overlooked. What do you think about a Gen 1 Audi RS5, the V8 one? Um, not a lot, really. I think they were cool. Yeah. And I think in recent years with RS6s, and RS, I think the RS5s has gone downhill a bit. Obviously, it got that dodgy engine, didn't it? And got well, too expensive. Well, the new one gets overlooked as well, by yeah. the way. People, people have the C63 and the, the M4. That's what I mean. RS5 Coupe. It is a good car. It's a good car. Know. Very good car. I think yeah, a little yeah. underrated. 50,000 quid or something. Yeah, 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 off you go. Yeah. Get a nice one for that. What about? I mean, I would say Abarths, but underrated. Yeah, oh, I don't think they're underrated. Abarths. I think people talk about them. People love them on social media. Yeah, but a lot Abarths. of people just go, "It's a girl's car, fit five hundred, isn't it?" Well, the Abarth isn't. The five hundred is, but the Abarth isn't, is it? Okay, well, I'm glad you think that way. I thought you were going to have a go at me there. No, uh, no, 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 no. Stick me <laughs> that one. What else is underrated out there at the minute? I mean, there is a few. I mean, you can't just. Fire it on me like oh, that. That's what we're doing today. We're, just, we're looking at comments. There was a lot to talk about. Just going with it. Going with the flow. Kieran's asked the question. We've got to answer it. We're uh, here to answer a patron question. What about Mustang? Underrated car. What about McLaren 12C? Don't think it's underrated. Then. No, no. Don't think, uh, I don't think any McLaren's underrated, mate. I think they're, I think they're all really good. They just break. They're all really good cars, aren't they? Mm. Come on, rack our brains. There must, be, there must be some cars that are underrated. Is there any Porsches that are underrated? <laughs> Probably not. Probably not. No Ferraris, is there really? They all get the... the Why credit. is it easy to call it, talk about overrated cars, but not easy to talk about underrated cars? Probably because we can't think of the cars yeah, that are underrated. It's, that. it's just that cars in general, like we're just nitpicking at, at overrated cars as well. Like In general, mate, cars are good. Especially modern ones. Well, I mean, we like cars. Yeah, we like <laughs> Sorry, them as well. We're so, say that, aren't we? Yeah. You, you, I know what I'm going to say. 996, 911. 
Underrated. No, it is a terrible car. I, have you driven one? <laughs> yes, oh, yeah, of course you have. <laughs> I've owned a few. It's terrible. I was going to say, drive mine, but that's not actually no. So you're going to even, even read it. No, I would say this, and I'm not just doing it to increase the value of my own car. Uh, underrated. Mm, Often hated, so. but yeah. it's a good car. It's a 911. Uh, yeah, Tons I, of fun to drive. I think it's one of the worst 911s, full stop me, punchy, personally. Punchy. Yeah. What oh. about a 991.1? No, it's a good car. <laughs> it's a good, great trying car. Trying to be controversial it? for yeah, the second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's not as good as a point two, obviously, but it's a good car. Sure. It's not. No, not <laughs> one six, mate. It's terrible. You're Honestly, so what's the what's the most underrated Ferrari? Underrated Ferrari. Mm. Um. What's the? Uh, I'm going to come out and say it. Go on, California T. Do you think? I was going to say Gen 1 California because you put some pipes on it. Oh, what a thing. But the T actually was a good car. Like, it was actually a genuinely good car. But I think everyone was like, uh, Turbo, California, Schnorifornia. Yeah, you might be right. Because I think the original California was awful. I owned one of them for about a year. Oh, that, did you? Yeah, that was a terrible It just car. was a bad car. It just wasn't It's not underrated. Car. I think it just was bad. Yeah, it's just not a very good car. But the, T was, the T was actually... Better, like, mm. was actually quite a good car. Yeah, five nine nine underrated. No, I think no. no. I think people like that. I think people like that. It's value, very, value wise, is like. I think it's a very good car, though. Do you? Gearbox no, is gearbox is terrible. Not a very good car. I, f- I was very surprised when I drove one for the first time. I'd driven a GTO before GTB. Four thirty underrated. Because of the yeah, four five eight. Yeah, maybe it's quite a good. It, well, no, it's not really a good. But car. I don't think it's underrated. No, I think it's a good car. I don't think it's underrated. I, th- I, th- I think California T is is uh, people yeah. will quickly. Dismiss. Um, anyway, we're we're really scra- scraping we the, the bucket here. And there, so we'll we'll wrap things up. Thank you so much to the patrons for submitting some topics. Um, you know, this was always going to happen uh, during this lockdown that we were going to not always have things to discuss each week. But we're here, we're here, and with uh, with things easing, with restrictions easing, in the weeks ahead, we've got a lot of excitement. And as I teased at the beginning, a road trip. Mm. That Tony is going to be involved in. I'm coming. Oh, yes, oh, you do know I know about this? Co- yes, you- oh, no, I know about this one, yeah. Bloody hell. Very good. <laughs> is it in your diary? Yeah, 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 he told me, yeah. <laughs> Just you wait to see what car he brings. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> hope you've enjoyed this episode. I know even though it's been a bit of a random one with some quirky topics, but uh, we've definitely enjoyed it. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, we will be back. Oh, it's Easter this weekend. Are we back next week? Yes, of course we're back. But yeah, yeah. When are we recording? We'll speak about that off air. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, yeah, so if you've enjoyed it, make sure to give it a thumbs up and subscribe for future episodes. Uh, if you want to listen to us, of course, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, etc., etc. Uh, Tony's at Tony Gravelwood Car Sales. I'm at Seen Through Glass. And yeah, we'll be back next week for another random episode. Goodbye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.